Hour number two of Canuck Central in the Kintec studio. Kintec Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintec.net. If you missed the first hour of the program, we did a mock draft of the first 11 picks. You can go back and listen to that, see who we had selected for the Canucks with the 11th overall selection as they are currently lined up for that tomorrow. So you can sort of get a sense of how the draft is going to play out, who could be going where, and uh, where the surprises could end up. And there could be more surprises even beyond just what we had an hour mock here, but check that out on the podcast. Also, Irfan Gaffar with some of the latest speculation of what is going to go down in Nashville, as there is a ton of trade talk and speculation around the league as to rumblings of movement. We always like movement, assuming that it could happen. So check that out. Now available on pod on your favorite podcatcher. Subscribe, leave a review. We do appreciate it. So. Number 11 is is really interesting, uh, as we've talked about so much, Sat. There are you know, a number of players that intrigue in that area. You know, the four that I've started to, to really just decide I'd be okay with the Canucks getting at 11, any one of the four names, Oliver Moore, Nate Danielson, Tom Willander, and Dmitry Simashev. If the Canucks select any one of those four players, I am uh, I'm a happy guy. I'm going to celebrate with a spro after uh, after that happens. Yeah, I, you know what? I, and I, I'm all for the draft takes and everything. Yeah, I'm all for it. And the ones who've been watching a lot and and are really in depth on it, I can understand why they're they're apoplectic about. Hey, I'd rather take this guy over that guy. Like you're so invested in it. But in terms of the tiers and and everything like I have a hard time getting too upset about too many guys they're going to draft this year as yeah. long as it's within that top 15 range we mentioned of players right yeah I have preferences mm-hmm. but I think it's kind of fascinating that as far as projections go and as far as tiers go there isn't a ton separating you know the overall valuations of these guys it's uh, going to be an interesting one tomorrow night all right let's bring in our next guest uh, covering uh, hockey in Sweden. It is Ufe Bodine, a friend of the show. Ufe, how's Nashville? Oh, it's hot. Hot, <laughs> hot, hot. That's what everybody keeps telling us, uh, the the heat in Nashville. Hopefully uh, the hot stove is getting ready for some some movement around uh, the, the National Hockey League. You know, we wanted to, to touch base and, and uh, get your thoughts on some things that uh, could be happening as we get into to draft night, there's some really intriguing Swedish prospects. Obviously, Leo Carlson at the top of the draft. We've heard a lot of Tom Olander hype as we get closer to draft night. Axel Sandin, Palika as well. But let's start on Leo Carlson because there seems to be a, a heavy debate of, you know, should it be him or Adam Fantilli? Uh, what do you feel about this player, Leo Carlson, and just how high is the ceiling on him? Well, I haven't seen Adam Fantilli as much, obviously, so I, I, it's hard for me to compare. But yeah. uh, Lear Carlson has been nothing but sensational, given you know how young he is and uh, sort of the lack of experience uh, that he came into this season with. I, obviously, he, he played a few games in the SHL uh, last year and, and made quite the impression, but this year has been something else. And it just 
the way he he carries himself uh both on and off the ice is very impressive for for such a young man and uh what stands out is obviously his hockey iq mm-hmm. his his hockey sense his ability to find teammates and and you know just open up uh, the game that is something that's uh, very special in his case and uh, I've I've heard people liken him with the Matt Sandin, but I think he's probably more like a Nick Backstrom type of player. Uh, obviously, a bit bigger and, and probably going to be be stronger and harder to to deal with in the future. But uh, he's very impressive, and uh, it's going to be uh, a real treat to to follow him through his career. And you know, you just mentioned the thing that about uh, Leo Carlson that has me just completely in love with him as a prospect is his ability to open up the play and how well he sees the ice. And given his size, given his vision, given his hands and his ability to put that puck into space, I don't want to make too many comparisons, but we've seen some pretty big Swedes in the past that can control the game that way, down low the way he can, even some North American players. And I think when we look at you know guys that can create things out of nowhere almost because of how strong they are and, and how good they are in creating that. I think that's one of the most underrated skills that Leo Carlson has and maybe one of the skills that can translate the most to the National Hockey League given his ability to shield the puck as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I mean, uh, you can make the comparison to uh, maybe uh, uh, Alexander Barkov or, or a player like that, you know, big body, strong and, and takes, I mean, big responsibility in both ends of the ice and uh, I probably see him more as a future two-way center, but uh, the upside, the offensive upside, is it's really big too, uh, especially with you know the playmaking ability. And it was impressive to see him, you know, at the World Championships. I mean, as an 18-year-old, just step into. Uh, obviously, Sweden didn't have the kind of success that you were, you kind of expected, but but still, just seeing him as the first-line center on on a line with Lucas Raymond and Jonathan Berggren, uh, just it didn't seem to bother him at all. It was, he just took it in stride. And I, I was really impressed, you know, just by the the overall attitude that he had about that. So we've debated a lot about where the Canucks are selecting 11th overall. And, uh, you know, with the way Patrick Alvin has, has done his business as Canucks general manager, uh, there's a lot of people who think he's just automatically going to select a Swedish player, Ufe. <laughs> And there's two def- yeah. two really interesting defensemen that could go in the Canucks range. And one is Axel Sandin Palika, and uh, there is Tom Willander, who has uh, moved up draft boards over the last month constantly. Uh, how do you rate these two players, and, and how are they different for you? Obviously, stylistically, they're very different. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Axel Sandin Palika is uh, he's a small offensive-minded defenseman who skates really well, sees the the game very well, and uh, is dynamic in a lot of ways. So, I mean, he's uh, he's probably, you know, a guy that could help your power play in the future and, and maybe be the quarterback, uh, that kind of guy. I mean, Tom Belander put up some, some impressive uh, numbers at the under-18 World Championships. But to me, I mean... On the next level, if he if he makes it to the NHL, which I think he will in the future, I think he's going to be more of a, a defensive-minded defenseman. He's he's big, but skates really well, and and is uh, I mean hard to to get by. So um, to me, it, it's hard to to rate them against each other because they're so different. But you know, just looking at what Vegas Golden Knights just did with a you know a pretty. Uh, <laughs> 
big defense, uh, guys that can can skate but are also very good defensively. Mm-hmm. I think that's sort of the flavor of the week to me. So I wouldn't actually be surprised if Tom Belander, for that reason, mm-hmm. uh, got drafted before uh, Axel Sandin Pelica. Um, we'll see, but. To me, uh, Villander is maybe more intriguing just because uh, it seems like uh, everyone wants a, a big, uh, sturdy defenseman at the moment. Absolutely. And and the thing that's so exciting about him as well is that he actually skates with the puck really well. He has some decent skills. Do you think some of yeah. his offensive skills are a bit underrated? Um, I don't know if he has you know, that that extra offensive uh, sense that can can translate to the next level. Um, I'm not really sure about that. I think he could be a good two-way defenseman and probably, you know, have 20, 30, maybe uh, more points during an NHL season if he plays uh, a full season uh, in the future. But I'm not sure he's going to be that kind of producing defenseman. Mm -hmm. Uh, I see him as maybe a top four guy with with some offensive upside, but but mostly like uh, being a responsible guy and taking responsibility on the PK and stuff like that. To me, he's more of that kind of player. As far as Axel Sandin Palika goes, and you kind of mentioned how different they are in profiles as players, but what I find interesting about Axel Sandin Palika is, you know, maybe going back to the same draft for Eric Carlson, why he went into teens, maybe some similar questions about defensive issues and, and some size questions overall about, about their ability to defend, but the thing that Axel Sandin Palika does so well, the offensive side of things, the way he skates, it's not hard to see somebody falling in love with that, is it? No, absolutely. And, and uh, for the past few days here, when, when I've been here in Nashville, I've, I've heard a lot of talk about teams that, that really, really like him as a player. And mm-hmm. obviously uh, finding that kind of a guy, I, I don't want to like uh, put too much pressure on him, but sometimes he, he reminds me of, of Queen Hughes and just the way how he moves up the ice and, and just the, the sense of the game that he has. And, just the way he can also uh, a bit like Leo Carlson open up the game with his with his, uh, with his hockey sense, but uh, yeah, for sure, I, I think uh, I think like he he is a special player, and and just seeing him in the SHL and the World Juniors playing obviously against uh, older guys uh, makes you realize that that he is something special. Um, so I'm 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 positive about his future. I don't know if he's going to be a ten, top ten pick or not, but. Uh, the team that gets him gets a really good player. So it should be exciting for, for the fans uh, of the team that picks him. I wanted to ask you about Dalibor Dvorsky as well, who uh, played in the Allsvenskan uh, this past year. You know, really interesting prospect. Looked like he's going to go in the, in the top 10. Uh, everybody just continues to rave about uh, how mature his game is. Uh, what have you seen of Dalibor Dvorsky? And, and you think he's a top 10 talent? Yeah, I think so. Like he's uh, he's a very responsible player uh, for his age. I would say he's got this really good uh, two-way acumen, if you say so. So uh, I've been impressed. I think he he sort of maybe started a bit slow for him. He he got to play some in the junior team and, and just bounced up and down. But but in the end, he seemed to settle playing against men. And and this next season, he's gonna take it to the next level and actually play in the SHL um, uh, with the Oscar Sam. And I, I spoke to him yesterday and he was really excited about coming to a team in, in Sweden that has like an offensive profile where the coach really lets his uh, players uh, 
sort of uh, take risks and, and play an offensive game. So we'll see if he takes off offensively. I mean, it's a big step for a young guy like that to, to step into the SHL. But um, he, I, I mean, he looked really good at the under-18 World Championships as well. So there's a, there's a lot of talent there. And, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of career he gets because he, he has that two-way mentality. So, I mean, if it doesn't work out, mm-hmm. if it's not becomes that producing player, I still think he can uh, do a lot of uh, good things for his team. You know, on the topic of players from different nationalities playing in the SHL, you know, the Danish kid, Oscar Fisker Molgaard, he's a guy who's kind of flown under the radar a little bit. But, I mean, I don't think we should be surprised if he finds himself into the first round as well, should we? No, I mean, um, uh, I spoke to uh, to one of the Danish uh, hockey experts the other day, and, and the, he was kind of torn uh, about him, his chances of going the first round. Maybe didn't think he had like that dynamic. Uh, I mean, the dynamic uh, tools you might need to, to be a first rounder, but. At the same time, just like with Dvorsky, I mean, this is a really young guy who stepped into the SHL, played about 40 games, and, and looked really comfortable doing it. And that's not something you see every day, actually, for, from like an 18-year-old kid like that. So, uh, I mean, he's, uh, he's a responsible player. Um, just like uh, the Danish expert said, he, he might not have like the dynamic tools to 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 be an offensive guy in in, in um, as a senior, but, but at the same time, it's, uh, I mean, for, there's a, obviously a place for, for players like that too, who, who's got the defensive mentality and who can play against the uh, top, uh, the opponent's top players. So yeah, it's good. He's, he, he could maybe sneak into the first round, but I think it's uh, probably more likely that he goes in, in the second round. You know, another player that uh, we've quite liked here and talked about a little bit is is Otto Stenberg. Um, And, you know, it's another player that's profiling as a centerman. Um, What can you tell us about Otto Stenberg and his rise uh, as as we get closer to draft day here? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, coming into the season. He was uh, basically what Leo Carlson is right now. He was the, like, uh, top Swedish prospect that everyone was raving about. Had a bit of a tougher season, uh, at least uh, maybe during the first half. But I, I think he turned it on in the second half, and especially in the under-18 Worlds, uh, where he uh, was the Swedish captain, and, and he actually um, uh, he actually set a new record for most points by a Swedish player in, in such tournaments, uh, tying uh, William Nylander's old record. So I think I think that tournament uh, might be what. Uh, what what makes a difference for him that he will actually get in maybe late first round because uh, there's a lot of talent there. It's just a matter of getting the you know everything to work for him. But offensively, he's got a really nice upside. So uh, I, I think that's a player. If you have several picks in in the first round, that's a player I would take a flyer on for sure. Uh, wrapping up uh, the draft related, related stuff here with you, Ufe, and great stuff as always. Is there a player that maybe we're sleeping on from the Swedish league that you know you view as as a higher talent guy, whether that's a Felix Nielsen guy or or Edstrom? Is there somebody that you're that you're kind of keeping an eye on that is not being discussed enough right now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, both of those guys, Felix Nielsen and, and David Edstrom, that you mentioned, are, are players like that for me. And I think especially Nielsen because he. Uh, he was injured late uh, March, so he missed uh, the junior playoffs in Sweden and also missed the under-18 
world championships. So I think he's kind of a player that I don't think people uh, know too much about, but I know a lot of scouts really like him because he's he's got the, like a, I mean, he's that classical, you know, Swedish uh, two-way center, really, really responsible. I, I've heard people like him with a guy like William Carlson of the Vegas Golden Knights, which is, uh, <laughs> considering what, what he did in the playoffs uh, this year, it's, it's quite, uh, quite a nice uh, touch. But I think Felix is, is an interesting player. He's he's very mature. He's uh, someone who uh, thinks the game uh, on a high level and and has a, a nice playmaking ability. So he's a guy I I could imagine he actually would go early in the second round if if there's a team that that kind of find, finds him intriguing. Uh, Edstrom with his big body and and you know. Uh, I heard someone even liking him with uh, Gabriel Landeskog, which is uh, obviously uh, uh, a real treat for you. But uh, both those guys are interesting. Probably not going to go in the first round, but maybe early second round. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're still kind of getting to know Patrick Alvin a little bit here, uh, uh, Ufe, mm-hmm. and, and he's uh, he, he's played coy with us a few times, and, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of hard to get a read on at different points, but... You know, it's been a, a, a pretty crazy first year for him on the job, and this will be his, his second NHL entry draft. Is there uh, is there something you know about Patrick Alvin that that we don't, or what's the what's what's the reputation he's gotten uh, over in Sweden as the the first ever general general manager to hail from Sweden? I mean, not really, because he's been in North America such a long time yeah. that uh, he was kind of an unknown to most Swedes, I would say, before he was actually uh, put in the position. First in Pittsburgh, obviously, before they hired their guys. And then he came with, with Rutherford to Vancouver. So he's uh, he's someone that we, <laughs> that we don't know too much about. I, I only met him like once or twice at, at the draft uh, in, in different capacities. But uh, so he's he's kind of an unknown to us as well. But uh, obviously, uh, Rutherford was was really impressed with his worth, uh, work ethic, and his uh, you know his intelligence when it comes to hockey. So it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, he's sort of off to a, a rough start, I would say, with the Canucks, based on you know what what happened during last season with with Boudreau, obviously, and now. Uh, what he told you guys about Oliver Ekman Larson and yeah. and then did like the <laughs> a complete 180 and did the, and, and bought him out. So so it's for me as well. It's hard to get a read on him, but I think this season would really. Uh, I mean, it, it will be his chance to to put a stamp on this team and and really see if he can make a difference because, uh, I mean, the Vancouver market is, is uh, as you well know, it's screaming for some success now. Yeah. So. It will be up to him to to provide uh, the team with some some better players and, and some structure there. Uh, Ufe, we uh, really appreciate the time. Uh, enjoy the rest of your stay there in Nashville, the draft, and all the festivities over the next couple of days. Stay cool. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure, guys. Uh, there is uh, Ufe Bodine, head of sports media at Every Sports Group in Sweden. Yeah, and uh, great stuff for him from him. And I really wanted to ask about um, some of the lower ranked Swedish guys or lower ranked as in like guys that are kind of on the borderline of being first round picks because you know whether it's Oscar Molgard who's Danish but played in the Swedish league whether it's Felix Nielsen or David Edstrom I think these are guys that we should be familiar with because they are players that you could see one or two be drafted late in the first round 
And you could see teams maybe, you know, vying for high in the second round. And, right. you know, we'll be having a lot of uh, draft coverage coming up. And Dan, you and I are going to be covering every single pick yes. on draft day in the entire first round from pick one all the way to pick 32. So uh, we, we've set you up quite a bit with these discussions. We've, we've foreshadowed what may happen. And I'm looking forward to breaking this all down. Are we going to be surprised by any first round pick given how deep we've gone <laughs> so far? Like, is uh, there anybody that can surprise us? Uh, it doesn't feel like it right now. Uh, Minor Matt in Abbotsford saying, uh, Wicked interview. It, oodles of insight. Yes, uh, Ufe always brings oodles of insight on uh, any of those Swedish based product process uh, pro- products. Yes. Products. <laughs> we look at them as yeah. assets and commodities. Uh, prospects. Um, <laughs> it, you know, the first round. There's always that uh, that feeling like there's going to be there's always a couple of guys in the 20s that are like, what, what, where did that guy yeah. come from? Or, wow, that team really reached. You know, I think uh, Ottawa has been known for that the last couple of years where they've got a pick in the 20s and they seem to pick somebody that's a little off the board. Yeah. Well, they don't this year because Pierre Dorian was like, you know he, what? He just doesn't like the draft. Yeah, this, year. this draft sucks. I know, and and yeah, I he's know. the one guy. Like he's the one guy who faded the 2003 draft, I think, too. Yeah. You know? So it's like, <laughs> I don't know, Dorian. He's full of it. It's just like, it's like, yeah. Listen, you gave up the seventh overall pick last year to get to Brinkett. Yeah. Nobody's giving you a top 10, 15 pick this year. Of course, you're gonna say we're not prioritizing a pick this season. Yeah. And he'll sell it off as next year's pick, whoever they get. For get yeah, it from it's yeah. like it's a good draft next year we got a first round pick we're happy about it it's like you know sure whatever you're just setting up <laughs> your excuses but like there are some really cool names like for instance you know how the Canucks drafted Cole Lind yes his brother Callan Lind is somebody who might go in the first round and maybe people will be talking about why is nobody taking Callan Lind in yeah. this year's draft in the second round <laughs> right can't do this again can't do it again no um, um there, like there's a few p- players that are sort of on the edge of the first round that I'm really interested in uh Andrew Crystal yeah just because there was a ton of hype on him earlier in the year and it's really faded mm-hmm. as we've gotten closer to draft day. I, I you know, I I do have serious questions of whether or not like, you know, his game is going to translate to the pro level. And I think that's why his draft stock has sort of fallen a little bit. Uh, Bradley Nado is another name that uh, I'm really interested in and where he Bradley could Nadeau. go. Uh, Nadeau, sorry. Um, you should have said it in Italian. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bradley Nadeau is, is an, and so there's there's Good a couple of scorer. guys yeah. really towards the end of the first round that I'm super interested in. 100. percent I mean, Nadeau just his skating's an issue, but he can score yeah. a lot. Like he's got one of the best shots uh, in the draft this year. Um, Gavin Brindley, I'm excited about because mm-hmm. I think he's really talented. A little bit smaller. We'll see where exactly where he ends up, ends up going. And some good all-name guys, too, on the back end. Bo Ake is somebody to keep an eye on. Yeah. Luca Cagnoni uh, is another one. Cagnoni? Cagnoni, there you go. Yeah. Luca Cagnoni. And Aram Minitian. Min- Minitian. Yeah. So. Uh, th- there's a few of the Russian players that have, like Daniil Boo. We haven't talked a lot about him yeah. on this show. He's not really going to go in the, the range for the Canucks, but there's some people who really like him. Yeah. Well, th- they, exactly. No, you, I think you're absolutely right. There's some guys that, are, that like him a lot. And there, there are quite a few righty D, like Hunter Brusevich, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minitian, who I mentioned, is a righty D. Matthew Mania. Yeah. yeah. People going main, you know, a lot of mania around Matthew Mania. So and, that's all about the big, na- the all name team right now. And, and yeah, and even like guys like Cameron Allen mentioned Boak. I mean, these are all righty defensemen. Yeah, and you know they're kind of in that late first round, early second round kind of range. Uh, all right, NHL draft. We are less 
the 24 hours away. And NHL draft coverage is brought to you by the Vancouver Giants, showcasing NHL prospect talents, including Samuel Honzik and Jaden Lipinski. Come watch NHL talent in action this season. Go to VancouverGiants.com slash tickets. We'll see where Honzik ends up in the first round as well tomorrow. All right, coming up, overrated or underrated? That's next on Canuck Central.